Hello, everybody, and welcome to Slasher, a delusional look into all things spooky, kooky, and terrifying. I'm Stormy. And I'm Adrian. Um, it's still Pride Month. It <laughs> is <laughs> T minus a week from right now until I'm with my writer cry, my yes. best friend, my love. I'm so excited. No, honestly, literally, it's like literally so close. I don't even know how to feel about it. I'm very like exhilarated. I can't wait. And yeah, Pride Month. Every, I mean, to me, every month is Pride Month, but we're still thinking the corporate Pride Month. (laughs) And you know what? Fuck it. We're having a great time um, and talking shit. I'm really excited about today's movie. As am I. I really hope it's not as hot everywhere else as it is here. Um, because a girl is dying. It was 108 today, and there's no fucking reason for it to be that hot. When you fly into Vegas next week, it's going to be, well, you come in later, so the sun will be set by then. But that day that you're flying in, it's going to be 116 degrees here. So Don't remind me. And like last week, it was like 105 for like three days straight. And now it's been pretty chill for some reason, the last like four or five days or so, but... Next week is going to get so ridiculously hot. So summer is here. We are straight in the swamp asshole of the devil. Very that. Um. But yeah, honestly, Stormy, there, I know we have a huge movie to discuss, uh, but because there's a lot, actually, strangely enough, there's a lot to kind of talk about with 13 Ghosts, mm-hmm. but I feel like it doesn't have anything to do with the movie. <laughs> Okay. I think it's the ghosts. Like, there's so much to talk about with each individual ghost that, like, right, 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 right. so much to dissect. Um, and, you know, the movie's there. But just, I mean, we really haven't done like a This Week in Horror in quite some time. And so we really long. Don't have, yeah. And we really don't have any topics. But for some reason, we're kind of, our pre recording schedule is kind of falling off the rails. And we're kind of just recording week by week at this point. Um, but I'm just so excited. Did you finally get to watch the Fear Street trailer? Yes. And I cried with excitement. I literally had tears in my eyes and I literally like, okay, there's a spot or there's a moment in the trailer where uh, I don't know who the character is just yet, but where they're in the grocery store and she goes, get back. And then she has like a fucking, fucking, I don't even know what it is, like hairspray. It's the nineties hairspray and yeah. like a lighter. And she starts fucking Some aquanut. <laughs> yes. And she starts spraying it at the fucking skull faced killer. And I was like, I literally went, oh my God, like the gayest gasp and like hand was clutching your pearls, clutching my pearls. I was like, oh, yes, I live. So I'm so excited. I, I know that the rating's not appropriate, but I'm really excited to show my daughter at some point. (laughs) (laughs) It's like, oh my God, I can't wait. And so excited. I would really love if for all listeners, if you guys are unaware, we're on Clubhouse now. Uh, We have a group, a club. <laughs> it's a club. It's a club. It's clubhouse. But we do, we have official, we have an official slasher club now. So I definitely want to do some live discussions, some watch alongs with everybody. And I think I would really love to do like post release discussions on each film. 
for each of those weeks. And I mean, we have the summer slash next month. So we have five weeks in the month of July anyways. So we're gonna have five main topics of discussion. And on top of that, I still would love to do like weekly discussions on Clubhouse following those movies. So if everybody wants to go and join us, go follow us, go join the club. And we're gonna be talking about those movies because I'm going to be legitimately shitting bricks for three weeks straight. So I'm ready for it. Um, also be advised that we're still trying to figure out the vibe of Clubhouse. So be patient with us. Yeah, I'm still kind of confused. Um, shout out to uh, Sheree over at Nightmare on Fear Street because they invited me on to a discussion uh, for Tales from the Hood. Um, and it was fun. It was an exhilarating time. So I'm like really excited to kind of get back into the vibe. Um. Real quick before we start the movie on the topic of pride, but can we talk about your news? Can we talk about what you've accepted this month? Oh, yes. Okay, everybody. Well, if you follow me on Twitter, I'm sure you already saw, I already have like a whole, <laughs> a whole moment. The Pisces um, in you. Yes, very that. I have initially come to terms with the fact that I am non-binary uh very exciting I feel like I still of course at this present time have my pronouns as he they um and like I tweeted in casual conversation or just kind of having any type of talk with me I would prefer they them pronouns um and typically with family friends people that I have like a real I guess deep relationship with I'm perfectly comfortable with he him still uh so yeah Congratulations. I'm so I'm so proud of you. I know it's been on your mind and I just wanted to give you space to Thanks. Yeah. I appreciate we it. We love you. Thank you. I really do appreciate it. And it's not I mean it's never easy. I mean, you know, being queer is always like a coming out experience. Like you're constantly like discovering something about yourself and um it's always a roller coaster. It always kind of puts it puts your mind in dark places sometimes and it's really tough mm -hmm. but I mean again I mean the sports system has been great um I, I asked my boyfriend last week I told him I was like what do you think if I just started wearing dresses and he goes no big deal like what's the big deal with that and I was like no I love Austin you're right girl you're right so yeah it's been I don't know eye-opening I'm still kind of of course easing into it and trying to like kind of figure things out still in terms of my own self-identity but Subscribe to the podcast and listen. <laughs> <laughs> subscribe, uh, subscribe on Instagram to see all the new fits at some point. <laughs> yeah, eventually my Instagram is going to like not be like a vessel of my depression because it surely has. It has been so tough to post to Instagram thanks to COVID. I don't even know what to do anymore with it. I really don't. Twitter. I've never been good at Instagram. So yeah, they literally switched spots during quarantine and uh, the height of the pandemic because I just felt like talking more than I did like posting what I looked like. Mm -hmm. But yeah, as we're kind of easing back into the world, uh, yeah, hopefully I can start becoming more confident with just who I am and how I want to express myself. And yeah, follow along, everybody. So happy for you. Very proud. Tinks, 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 tinks. Um, but yes, 13 ghosts. Uh, so whenever we initially talked about this movie or mentioned this movie, I admitted that I was terrified by this movie when I first saw it. I was a young wee little baby, like, I don't know, I was like seven-ish, maybe, whenever this came out. Um, mm -hmm. So I was terrified by this movie. 
I did not have a good time. I haven't watched it again until this, like literally for this podcast. And I feel so silly, but I can, (laughs) (laughs) um, but I mean, also it's been 20 years. So (laughs) that is so interesting to me that this was like one of those movies that like really had an effect on you but Mm -hmm. like you said I mean we were babies when this came out I was six years old when this came out so but if you think back to like what my we've talked about like my introduction to horror if you like compare Saw to 13 Ghosts I'm like Saw didn't really bother me 13 Ghosts no thanks like (laughs) it doesn't make sense but you know I'm here I have a completely different opinion I had a great time I'm really excited to talk about it. Should we just go ahead and like dive into the discussion then? Absolutely. Well, let's go ahead and jump into 13 Ghosts. Hey, everybody. So if you're enjoying the podcast so far, definitely look into giving us a rating. It would be really, really beneficial. We're open to ideas and feedback. It really goes a long way. So go ahead and look into giving us a rating. Again, we're on Apple, Spotify, Podbean, and many more places. But for now, let's go ahead and get back to the show. Thirteen Ghosts is a 2001 horror film that is a retelling of the 1960 movie of a similar name and premise. The film follows Arthur as he inherits a home from his late uncle Cyrus. What he and his family soon discover is that this glass home becomes a parade of ghosts looking to spill a bit of blood. Originally released on October 26, 2001, the film currently holds a 5.6 out of 10 stars on IMDb. Although not a critical success, the film has maintained a cult-like status, mainly due in part to its vast story and the 13 ghosts of the Black Zodiac. Made on an estimated budget of about $42 million, the film would see an opening weekend gross of about $15 million. From there, it would go on to make about $68 million worldwide. The film was directed by Steve Beck, who would go on to direct Ghost Ship, which was promptly released the year following this film in 2002. The cast is made up of Tony Shaholb as Arthur, M. Beth Davids as Kalina, Matthew Daddy Lillard as Dennis, Shannon Elizabeth as Kathy, and famed MC Rodiga as Maggie. So, 13 Ghosts. So, was the initial reason that you wanted to discuss this film this month was due to it being something that really terrified you so young? Yeah. I mean, it's my birthday month, so I thought I would try and fit every bit of me into, like, a month. As you should. And that includes, like, my silly irrational fears so (laughs) here we are well overall i mean how did you feel watching it again um this time it was a fucking blast um so i don't often understand like camp like for it's taken me a long time to understand like the idea of camp i know you use it quite often and especially in like our 80 movies discussions um but like I feel like this movie for me is the definition of camp. And I don't know if that's intentional on the creator's side, but that's just how it comes off. That's the air that we're fucking surrounded with is this movie. Yeah. So I would say that this movie is not intentionally campy. I would not say that. I definitely don't think that they went into this film trying to present to us something that was or could be defined as camp. I think looking back on it now, almost 20 years later, it definitely feels a little bit 
campy. I mean, because if you're kind of looking at camp, uh, I mean, initially what it is, it's like a deliberate um, or like an exaggeration of style. Um, it's typically something that may be very popular at the time or potentially even outdated. And it's just kind of taking things and making them very over the top and just kind of making them campy is pretty much what it kind of boils down to. And this film definitely has that aspect. If you kind of even just look at the design of everything with the home and just the acting and even like the ghost just being like so insanely designed. And I mean, I guess I can say quite iconically designed. Um, it definitely feels a little campy, but I will say that this movie is a mess. It is a disaster. a hundred percent. I would even go as far as to say it's a bad movie. <laughs> I don't think it's, um, I don't think it's a good movie, but I do think it's fun. There's something about it. And I think a lot of it still comes down to just the ghosts. I think the lore that is built with these ghosts and the design of these ghosts and the stories that were not told in the film, but the stories that are there behind the ghosts, um, just kind of give this movie a bigger, a bigger presence than I think the actual story or plot or even directing can accomplish. Agreed. I don't, well, I don't agree that it's a bad movie. (laughs) (laughs) I had a great time. Um, If you're not a fan of like jumpy cuts, like jumpy editing and just the camera being everywhere, this is not the movie for you. And also if you're, um, epileptic please use caution watching this movie because there are so many flashes and there is absolutely no warning um but i think it's fun like in the light of okay so maybe it's like a b movie but it's fun (laughs) and i really enjoyed it i don't think it's bad (laughs) no that's okay i mean even if it's a b movie or even i guess if it i mean i guess in my sense of the definition bad doesn't mean it's not fun i think this is even a movie because it's been a long time since i've seen 13 ghosts at least a few years but this was a movie that i watched um i guess quite the opposite of you that i watched so much as a kid i watched this movie nonstop. anytime like me and my family would have um like our get-togethers um i'm pretty sure i talked about it like the very first episode like what got us into horror like when mm-hmm. my aunt would have like all of my cousins over and we would just have fun movie nights and more times often than not it was horror that we were watching um 13 ghosts was one of the movies that we just watched so frequently because the ghosts were fucking cool and it was something that I adored tremendously growing up and I think the last time I watched it was maybe around my college years I think maybe early college late high school was around the last time that I watched this movie and I remember it still being a joy but this is the first time that I revisited I guess like late into my adult life and yeah it's a disaster but it's still very fun like it's still very I don't know it's fun to like watch it still because everybody's just so over the top Matthew Lillard is legitimately I don't know what he is on but he's Matthew Lillard he is iconic and he's literally shaggy in this movie (laughs) (laughs) like shaggy with some uh some abilities and I appreciate it like I love his performance in this movie but like nobody else got the memo maybe Rod Digger was a little bit uh um I guess she was probably the closest to matching his energy, but everybody else was just like, they missed the memo of like being over the top. (laughs) He's giving, Matthew Lillard is giving everything in this movie. And he's really just like the star kid in theater where everybody else like 
is only there because they didn't want to go to gym class. <laughs> Bury that. Um, but yeah, the movie is crazy. It's very quick. It's only it's legitimately only 90 minutes. It's an hour and a half flat, which is so crazy because if you think about it, like they try to fit so much into this movie. There's a lot going on. There's literally something different is happening every second. Like they literally force so much into it. And on top of that, we still don't even get any idea who the ghosts are, but they give us so much still. And like, I don't know. I mean, I feel like it probably could have benefited maybe for just even honestly, like an extra 20 minutes maybe even 10 minutes of uh of a runtime just to kind of let it breathe a little bit i'm Mm -hmm. not like really when it comes to like people who critique films for being too long i don't ever feel like a movie can be too long i feel like it kind of just comes down to the story that is being told within that time frame because if you're watching a movie that's like three hours long but like everything feels like it's flowing at a really 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 good pace you're not going to notice that it was a three hour long movie you're just not i can go watch harry potter i can go watch lord of the rings i'm not gonna personally 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 i'm not gonna feel that runtime i just it's gonna be enjoyable to me um midsummer it, had no right being that fucking long so <laughs> see i think but that's because to me i just feel like the story in midsummer was just there was just there was too many things happening that i feel like that didn't need to happen um, in Midsummer, And that's probably why it feels a little bit long. But even mm. then, I don't, I don't know. Something with me, I don't know what it is in my brain. I, like, when I'm watching a movie, like, time is out the window. I don't think about it because I kind of just give myself to the movie. So mm. if I start to feel bored, it's because what they're presenting to me is boring. I don't think, like, oh, fuck, I've been here for two hours. This is fucking stupid. Like, I'm not staring at my clock. I'm not I'm not constituting my opinion on how long I've been in yeah. the presence of this film. If I'm just fucking bored, I'm fucking bored. And on rewatches with Midsummer, that's kind of been my whole vibe with it. Um, but with this movie, I just feel like it probably could have been given a little bit more breathing room. Yeah, understandable. Because, girl, what the fuck is happening? Like right from the jump, they throw us in the fucking this most art, this most like beautifully designed junkyard the cars are stacked perfectly on top of each other i've never been to a junkyard like this i don't know what they look like but this is like it's pretty uh pretty accurate yeah i mean they have to be fairly accurate to like the stacking so they don't like fall (laughs) down and shit so (laughs) but in this movie i mean a little gust of wind baby and those fucking cars are toppling fucking jenga up in that bitch girl they are falling and crushing people honestly catch me in one of those fucking ponchos like their outfits catch me in the club wearing one of those no joke honestly a serve when i saw matthew litter pop on the screen and he had his clear little jacket i was like that is the most adorable little jacket i've ever seen in my life i need one immediately and he's already on one and there's so much happening cyrus is like we gotta fucking do this and do that and you know we're gonna fucking do this and do that and matthew lillard screaming and then we have kalina come in with her fucking right hand man i guess and like you can't do this and i'm like what what is happening (laughs) who are you people what's going on and then a semi truck full of blood just appears and (laughs) (laughs) so what was the point of that even like what is that helping summit i guess the juggernaut just loves Blood. blood Yeah, I, I don't know if it's like blood equals ghosts. And <laughs> they, they don't explain it to us. He just like no. bring in bring in the fucking truck. And like, I don't, I don't understand. But it's honestly a very fun opening. Like just seeing everybody fucking get mangled in the beginning of that movie is so exhilarating. So much blood. Uh, the one death that really kind of sticks out to me is when that ghost is, or when that one random guy is getting picked up and like he just fucking folds back in half and like goes yeah. into like, I don't even know, the trunk or something of a car. Yeah, it's just, 
that back bendy like freaks me the fuck out. I don't like it. <laughs> it's a good death. A good death, but yeah, it's a great death. Honestly, a lot of the deaths in this movie are very fun. <laughs> Daddy Matthew Lillard says heartbreaking. So heartbreaking. He mm, poor just, baby. I feel so we'll bad get there. For him. <laughs> <laughs> and then Cyrus gets his ass handed to him in this fucking uh moment as well. So I mean, I guess overall with the story, he's just collecting these ghosts to be able to like open the portal of hell and gain power, pretty much. Yeah, like to see into the future with <sighs> Basilis. Is that how you pronounce it? Basilis's machine. I don't know how you I honestly I don't know how to say any of the words. <laughs> <laughs> the arcanum or something like that i'm not quite I sure i think the arcanum is the book yes you're right you're yeah, right, you're yeah, right. yeah i forget what the machine is called i didn't I think it's it basilis i think i just gave up at that point when they were screaming at the end of this movie i was like girl i cannot deal right now there's so much so um much. i feel like this movie is very timely though because i feel like early 2000s is kind of all about haunted architecture like the others are like ghost ship. Um, and also it's like the over the top energy that like Final Destination and like Ginger Snaps gives. So I feel like it does both of those really well. Um, but it's just a lot of people didn't get the memo, like you said. <laughs> <laughs> Early 2004 has like a thing where it feels like it's trying to be almost flashy um mm-hmm. but also like still trying to be edgy and a lot of the direction at the beginning of the millennium was very much like that and this film is like 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 you said like you know a warning for anybody with epilepsy because like legitimately the camera is flashing constantly like so frequently like we don't even have the opportunity of, of like being able to even like see any of these ghosts like for more than like maybe three seconds at a time. Like it shows them mm-hmm. us for like a little bit and then it flashes and it's just doing that constantly. Like we don't even get the opportunity of really seeing the ghosts like at all. Cause there's just so much like movement from the camera constantly. It, it like, it, it gave me a headache. Like when we watched Sinister, like I was fucking squinting cause I couldn't see <laughs> anything that was on the fucking TV. But with this one, they were showing me way too fucking much. On top of the sound design, I mean, uh, We'll probably talk about more story, ghosts. We have a lot to talk about, but like, I'm just critiquing. The sound design of this film is so, like, it's so difficult to hear things. I was constantly like messing with my controls and like my boyfriend's like all about fucking audio and shit. So he was literally like changing settings and making things different and taking off dynamic sound and increasing dynamic sound. And the audio was still just so fucking disjointed. Like the movie itself, I think is just with the whatever sound design went into it it's just bad it's so bad it's so hard to hear things and it's just it's a difficult time it's a difficult time all of it put together is very discombobulating and i feel like yes it's bad but i feel like it kind of adds to the movie itself because i feel like it's supposed to be discombobulating you're supposed to be very confused it gives off that funhouse vibe like the mirrors where you're supposed to be running through because you can't tell if that ghost is like right behind you or if he's behind another glass or so it's bad yes but i i feel like it speaks to the movie though i think it also speaks for again kind of like you alluded to too like the time frame because um, mm-hmm. when I was watching it, like I, that's what I told myself. I was like, I feel like so like discombobulated watching this movie. And then I said, you know what? That's probably what their intention was, was to discombobulate you, make you feel like a little bit, 
a little bit confused and then like just kind of then throw in the very loud sound. So just try to kind of get and generate scares in the film mm-hmm. is I think is what they were aiming to do. But again, it, it definitely feels like a time capsule for when it was released because that just kind of felt very early 2000s. Um, like, like, I mean, I always say it's just like very fast and the furious, like it's just loud, obnoxious. <laughs> Everything is like, just like fucking thrown at you on the screen. That's just the vibe that it gave me. But I just imagine Vin Diesel as the hammer. <laughs> Oh my god, honestly, yes, that is my dream casting uh scenario. It's gonna be Vin Diesel as the hammer for sure. Mm. Mm-hmm. We'll get there, we'll get to <laughs> casting. <laughs> well, the movie uh it literally gives us no time to breathe after the opening. I mean, we're immediately fucking thrown into this family dynamic. The mom is dead, it's the dad and his two children, and like they're within six months and like of, I mean, I guess they're home burned down, but they're in financial ruin and like we get like two minutes of them like interacting we see that they're in chaos and then the scummy lawyer comes and offers them a beautiful fancy home and like immediately we're thrown into the story but i will mm-hmm. say that the home is fucking stunning a little would stupid. you live in a glass house never 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 have okay, you seen okay, the movie okay. the glass house yes so good so good, right? I think it's such a good movie. I feel like it's underrated. I feel like nobody talks about that movie. But that movie gave me so many nightmares as a child. I loved that movie. Same. And this movie didn't really kind of help my fear of class homes at all. So I think, no, never in my life would I live in a home. I constantly feel like somebody's watching me anyways, even with like walls and curtains. <laughs> so I, I just would not be comfortable ever. Also, I don't want to traumatize like my neighbors with just my big white ass <laughs> <laughs> everywhere. Because like, we no... don't wear pants in this house. <laughs> but there's no neighbors for miles. So if you didn't have any neighbors for miles, would you still would you would that change your mind? No, because I feel like the animals are judging me. Bigfoot somewhere in the trees. You're right. You're right. And mm, I just right. don't want. Yeah, you're right. Like, I always feel like I'm being watched anyways. And so if I was in a class home, even if the fucking Lord's Paris is scrawled out over every fucking wall, I'm not feeling it. It's not my vibe. I would be in the basement probably the entire time. So I'd have some type of fucking privacy. Because there's like, I would get like Blair Witch vibes. Like I would, my mind would start playing games on me. I would see people, even though there's nothing there. Like I'd make a tree branch look into a whole witch. Like (laughs) I would not be having a good time. Girl, that's exactly how it would be. So no, I would, I mean, if I were to have at home, maybe during like dinner parties, I would like, oh, let's open the walls and have it all be glass. And just for the appeal and just for the aesthetic. But if I'm by myself, I'm going to like have like that crazy, like metal wall enclosure around it, like every other second of the day right yeah because like i'm not doing that i cannot but it's gorgeous also no privacy like with anybody in your house (laughs) like you just look up and you (laughs) somebody's there yeah you from outside (laughs) you're like in bed and you look over and somebody's like rolling over looking at you too and you're just like "Mm -mm." i'm gonna be in all fours getting my ass ate and then i'm gonna turn around and fucking ups is gonna be standing there at the door And they're going to be like, uh, uh, can you please stop for two seconds and fucking sign for this package? Because that's what that's what it's going to be like living in this house. And I can't do it. I literally can't. <laughs> I'm speechless. Honestly, but like, yeah, the only place you can masturbate is in the bathroom because that's the only place that you have any privacy. Because I don't want to lock eyes with you when I <laughs> right. while you're fucking cooking dinner and I'm flicking a bean 
literally, I do not want to be dropping logs in my toilet and having like, <laughs> literally staring at me. I can't do it. It's just so comfortable. Like it's awkward. I would I literally everybody... be like, Adrian, I see you ignoring me in the bathroom. <laughs> <laughs> I fucking see you fucking text me back. I mean, I know everybody poops, but in that scenario, I'm I don't know. I'm just going to have to like go to the doctor once a month for like a fucking impaction because <laughs> <laughs> I'm not shitting at all. I'm not doing it. I refuse. Right. I'm not showering. I'm not doing anything. I literally am not. It's too much. It really is too fucking much. And unless you're like some type of nudist and you're just all about that life, then perhaps, but that's not me. I'm way too insecure. Even if we're nudists, like I don't want my kids seeing my bits, you know? I mean, yeah. Well, I mean, I'm never having children, so that's not my problem. Because <laughs> <laughs> I can't relate, but I see the problem. Speaking of children, this child in this movie is literally the worst person in this movie. And I feel bad because he's a the child. son? Yes, the son. Isn't he mm. just, like, so obnoxious? And, like, it's just, like, I feel bad for him, but just... And he's a, he's a, he's a child actor, so I don't, like, want to harp on him too much. But, like, just... He's just like his line delivery. He's screaming every line. And like you don't I feel like he's me. He's obsessed with true crime. (laughs) Obnoxious. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Literally me. From the moment he starts speaking, he's like, I'm recording right now. And I was like, oh, me and Stormy down. (laughs) (laughs) Counting dead bodies and whatnot. But Mm. we get 12 deaths in this movie, by the way. (laughs) Do we? Not even 13. Oh, a flop. A A flop. flop. They couldn't give us 13 deaths in 13 ghosts. Mm. I'm embarrassed for them. Truly, honestly, how do you miss that mark? It's like ten dudes and two guy, uh, t- ten dudes and two females. <laughs> I don't know how you miss that fucking mark. I'm not getting thirteen kills. I'm over it. Steve Beck, what are you doing, sir? What the fuck are you doing? Uh, Speaking of deaths, the lawyer's death. Oh I love. I live for that. But um, I think it's so funny when Maggie. That's the most campy fucking line. But whenever they can't find him, she's like, did the lawyer split? And I'm like, <laughs> oh, my God. I hate y'all guys. I love so that. Good. But when she's running past him later, too, uh, and she sees him, she's like, is that half the lawyer on the floor? <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. I love Maggie in this movie. She honestly, along with Matthew Lillard, um, is like the saving grace because they just bring mm. so much to their roles. And I'm sad that this is like Raw Digga's last role because she didn't do anything after this in terms of acting. But I think she's so funny and has great comedic timing because she was so funny in this movie um, right. she didn't get much like we didn't know much about her she was just very funny but yeah her lines were always hitting also she's not the best like nanny, um, nanny because the older <laughs> sister <laughs> in the beginning the older sister's like still making breakfast while maggie's just sitting at the table I'm like don't i pay you this <laughs> teaching this? him how to say words and shit she's like decapitated like trying to help the kid and like shouldn't you be cooking for him ma'am Right. But listen, I'm never going to harp on um, a woman of color going in there and whipping all these white people into shape and having them serve her and just get to live with them. So you know what? Power to you, mama. But uh, yeah, she's so funny in this movie. Very, I don't know. She's hilarious to me. I love her. Should we get into the ghosts? I mean, quite honestly, the ghosts, again, are just... um, the best part of the movie, I mean, obviously it's entitled 13 Ghosts. I mean, the title of it says it all. And yeah, they're amazing. And I think kind of going through them first and foremost, um, the movie does a great job of, well, I wouldn't even say a great job, but they go about introducing them one by one because when the lawyer, of course, the scummy lawyer goes and grabs the money from uh, Cyrus's like 
secret room or whatever is happening mm-hmm. and you know he sets off the machine and it locks everybody in and then like it's on a timed loop I guess where just lets each ghost out like one by one by one and right. so we kind of get moments of like being introduced to these ghosts like not much happens we don't get too much going on with them but I think that it does a great job of at least of doing that if it did more with that or had like more interesting scares or moments for each ghost I think that'd be great um I feel like the ghosts that really only the only ghosts that get really like any shine in this movie are for one the jackal definitely gets a lot though he has a lot going on here uh the juggernaut right. gets a lot um i feel like they show the hammer a lot even though he doesn't like do much i feel like mm-hmm. uh and the angry princess kind of gets some shine a little bit as well but beyond that like nobody really has anything going on these poor ghosts really don't do anything i guess the torn prince also has a moment with matthew lillard as well right but yeah and the mom i guess the withered lover also has a lot of going on but I feel bad for these ghosts. They got paid dust in their own movie. I know. Um, did you watch the um, the like extra bit where he, they give the backstory to each of the ghosts? Um, so I owned the DVD growing up. So I oh, watched okay, okay. the backstory so frequently. Like that would be, there were times where I would watch the movie and I wouldn't watch the movie. Like if I put the DVD in, it would just be to listen or it would be just to watch like that special feature of like, you know, describing the ghosts. Mm-hmm. Um, so I didn't watch it preparing for this podcast. What I did instead was I just like read everything like I just went to uh the wiki fandom page for 13 ghosts and they like oh, okay. list everything out and all the backstories mm-hmm. um so I just read up on them instead of watching it but did you watch it for this go around yes I did it's still so good though right yeah I love it I like getting to know like the backstory to them I wish that we would have gotten some of that in the movie like you were saying even if it wasn't like the full thing like you could have given us a little bit like a quick like somebody talking over the shot of (laughs) or like I said even if you were to add an additional 20 minutes of like screen time we could have given each individual ghost like five minutes of like when they were released or like a flashback a flashback or explaining what they are like when they're released like it cuts back to I don't know just like a quick like because even like their backstories aren't like too detailed like we could have been given just quick a quick summary of who they were uh, but the fun thing is, I will say going into this movie, I did all my research, of course, on the backstories again, and I read up on all the ghosts before I went into the movie. So when I was watching it this time around, like, it felt nice to have that backstory with them because I would see them and I'm like, oh, that's that ghost. I know this about them. Um, and it just it made the viewing experience better because I knew about the ghosts. Yeah. Um, so, I mean, I can't even imagine like going into the movie theater in 2001 and like sitting down and just being fucking vomited on by this movie. And then you're just sitting there and you're like, the ghosts were fucking cool, but I know nothing about them. And then you have to wait nine months for the fucking DVD to come out just to even get an idea of who they were. Like, it's just so shitty. I just wish they would have done more for them. But they look fucking cool. So should we, like you said, I guess just kind of go through each ghost? Because that's all we really care about. <laughs> yeah. Um, I can't imagine being any of these actors because some of them spent upwards of like five to eight hours getting into these costumes. Isn't that crazy? And prosthetics and like they really went to town. I mean, they had a budget like this movie had a big fucking budget and it included like three miles of like edged glass and like a fuck ton of steel. But they really went all out with the makeup and prosthetics. And I live. Yeah, they did great because literally the ghosts are like so recognizable 
like they really are like they did great the designs are fantastic everything is so stunning about them i think the angry princess was the one that took the longest to get into prosthetics the like curse was five plus hours which is insane to me that she took the longest she looks the best <laughs> i thought maybe the yeah i thought the hammer would be or the juggernaut because it's a lot of like face prosthetics and stuff like that Perhaps, perhaps. But I guess it makes sense that it would be the Angry Princess because she literally is like naked and full body. Full yeah. body prosthetic, yeah, all over. Um, so I guess that makes sense. Um, I don't know. It really is. They put so much effort into them. And I mean, they're still so iconic. Like we still literally, I can't tell you how many times I see the Angry Princess on my timeline. Like it's nonstop. Like she's there. I see at the Jackal more. What? What side of Twitter are you on? I don't know. (laughs) (laughs) I like never see the jackal. I never see any of the ghosts besides the Angry Princess on my timeline. I see the jackal and I see Matthew Lillard with his glasses. Oh, uh, you're right. I see Matthew Lillard a lot. I mean, for good reason. He's so cute Mm. in this movie. Delicious. So delicious. Daddy. Mm. Um, So I guess we can start with the firstborn son. The firstborn son. And again, any and all details that I was able to gather were from the 13 Ghosts Wiki fandom page. Uh, but I guess like some backstory on the firstborn son, a young boy by the name of Billy, he was very fascinated by Western films. Um, and he, of course, just wouldn't allow anybody to keep any of his movies away from him. He loved them so much. One day he was fighting and having like a little bicker moment, I guess, with his neighbor and his neighbor challenged him to a duel. And in this duel, I don't know where this neighbor got an actual bow and arrow, but ended up shooting Billy in the head with his arrow and killed him. So the firstborn son. We don't get a lot of him in this movie. Mm-mm. Um, I don't really care for it. I don't. He doesn't really do a whole lot for me. But his ghost does whisper, I want to play. And that makes me sad. <laughs> oh, yeah, I feel bad. We get like one smirk from him. Um, I feel like he is kind of like a, a beckoner, I guess you can say. Like he mm-hmm. kind of draws people in so then the other ghosts can kind of take control and do damage. Right. I feel like he was a little shit in life. <laughs> he seems like it. I mean, if he was into Western films and willing to want to shoot Indians, he's going to be a little shit to me. He reminds me of the um, the kid in Willy Wonka who's obsessed with TV. <laughs> oh my God, you're That's right. what he reminds me of. I so. can't do. Just a little um, shit. <laughs> <laughs> so we also, I mean, this movie is 20 plus years old. So I think it'd be kind of fun also to... Well, Stormy suggested this, and I think it's a great idea to go ahead and look into like recasting some of these ghosts as well, or who we just think we can see playing them. Uh, so, okay. who would you even do for this kid? Uh, Finn Wolfhard. Would you? Yeah. I mean, why not? He's cute. He's living his life right now. So he's so old now. Well, I feel like there's so many. I would even put him in the Torn Prince role. Oh no, that's Zac Efron. He looks like him. Yeah. No. Oh, the torn prince yes. is like uh i mean except we'll get to him but he's supposed to be like a, a high schooler okay but zach afron plays a high schooler constantly so he, have you seen zach afron lately <laughs> okay well i'm talking <laughs> about like high school musical zach afron <laughs> i mean okay i mean i guess at that point but i'm talking like modern day i feel like finn would be a great torn prince perhaps because mm. uh, i was thinking okay. for the firstborn son i was aiming for somebody younger um, okay and just, I mean, he was just recently in The Conjuring, The Devil Made Me Do It. Uh, he's from uh, The Haunting of uh, Hill House. Um, the little boy. Yeah, he's constantly getting fucked up. 
He is, but that's all right. Julian Hillard is his name. He's fantastic. On Twitter just the other day, too, um, there was a tweet uh, that had, I forgot who tweeted it already, but I remember he responded to it because it was like saying, like, can we give him a break from all these four movies that he's in? And he's like, he's not willing to do anything as long as it has to like do with hell or something like that. So he's a horror fan through and through, I feel it. In his oh, bones. I love. So I would put him in this movie because he's so fantastic. He really is. He did great in his little moments in The Conjuring and he's great in The Haunting of Hill House. I can definitely see him being like a modern day firstborn son. Okay, fair enough. You're already killing it compared to me. <laughs> um, okay, so beyond that, let's kind of move on to the next ghost part of the Black Zodiac, the torso. Uh, so the torso is Jimmy Gambino, who is obsessed with gambling. Pretty much he just kind of got into some deep shit with his gambling addiction, and he ended up, of course, running into a mobster by the name of Larry Finger Botello, who, I mean, pretty much to pay his dues, cut up Jimmy into a lot of little pieces and dump them into the ocean so that's jimmy the torso we get like one shot of him in this movie the original actor was like a double um amputee and so i think that all they had to do was like put a black hood over his face so they could edit the head out but yeah i i couldn't think of anybody who was a double amputee like right off the top of my head so i picked um kane hotter as the torso, because I mean we're we're more advanced in, <laughs> in our, our editing skills nowadays. <laughs> uh, our technological advances. I mean, Kane Hodder has an impressive torso. He's very well mm, built. Right. And I guess the only way to make the torso scarier is to make it a very muscular torso. <laughs> right. <laughs> <laughs> so I will co-sign it. We can throw Kane Hodder in. He's a legend. He's played Jason up, down, side to side. So I'm all about it. And again, yeah, maybe he would be more intimidating. And his heart beats so hard that he fucking punches you in the face. Like his heart is like beating out of his chest and punching you in the right. face. Mm-hmm. Literally, we only get one shot of this fucking torso in this movie. I know. And then the head's just like kind of nearby, just screaming for no fucking reason. So sad. <laughs> they literally like 13 ghosts, but you get a second of screen time. Like that's all, <laughs> all it was, Miss Girl. I feel so bad. The Bound Woman? The Bound Woman. So the Bound Woman is Susan LeGrow. Um, She lived a very privileged life. She was a member of her school's cheerleading squad. Her parents were, of course, the richest people in town, which, of course, just made her the most popular girl in school. Uh, During her senior year, she had dated the captain of the school football team. He was, uh, his name was Chet Walters. Um, Chet eventually caught Susan with another boy on prom night. Uh, So he ended up clubbing that boy to death before tying up Susan and strangling her to to death with his tie, breaking her neck, burying her body in the middle of the school football field. I was just going to say the boyfriend was sentenced to death and he's quoted saying, the bitch broke my heart, so I broke her neck. And I love that. (laughs) I fucking live. Love that. That is like a crazy backstory. Um, Oh my God. I don't know why I thought about this movie, but I don't know. I can't remember it. But it's like based on the true story of like the that couple that killed that girl. I think it was in Texas. Do you remember? It was like a Lifetime movie. Um, it starred Holly Mary Combs from Charmed. I'm going to look it up real fast. Do you, re- do you remember that movie on Lifetime? I don't think so. Because I'm pretty sure the girl was a cheerleader as well. But like that whole backstory gives me that vibe down for sure. Hold mm-hmm. on. I'm going to look it up real fast. Well, I'm looking that up. Any thoughts on <laughs> the battle woman? Um, I feel bad for her because she was just living her fucking life. 
I mean, just being a hoe, as girls should at a young age. Why are we committing to these men? Men are trash, especially at a young fucking age. Um, I will say is I saw the word privilege and my empathy is out the window. Um, okay, fair enough, fair <laughs> enough. I can see that. But yeah, I mean, that's a very, uh, very tragic way to go. But I mean, she was cheating on her boyfriend. Um, mm-hmm. I mean, I'm not all about, yes, you know, sexual fluidity and, you know, go get your dick. But... I mean, she cheated on him. But also, I mean, he shouldn't be so fucking crazy to like immediately just start clubbing people and murdering people, so. I was going to say, who would you recast as the bound woman? Um, I have no idea. So obviously around a high school age would be Mm -hmm. uh, the ideal here. But Mm -hmm. I don't really know. Who would you cast? Well, so I struggled with this one because they didn't really, because she looks kind of like older with her makeup for me mm-hmm. so i was thinking like rose Byrne because <laughs> oh. she looks older for sure i love rose Byrne though yeah but if we're kind of looking at like but if we're looking at younger people age, yeah. yeah um <sighs> maybe some the girl that played in um invisible man as oh the young actress mm-hmm. uh storm reed i think she would do great I think she would do great as well. You know what? Yeah, we'll go with Storm Reed. She's fantastic, young actress. So yeah, that'd be great. Um, I was also thinking maybe even potentially, I don't, she's not really like high school age. I don't know why I was the kind of thinking or leaning towards Samara Weaving. Um, okay. You know, from The Babysitter, from, mm-hmm. uh, she was also in. You're next? No, no, Ready or Not. Oh, you're right, you're right. Ready or Not, my bad. I get those titles confused in my head for some reason. <laughs> but yeah, I was also thinking maybe Samara Weaving. She's already kind of been in the horror scene. Um, obviously, in our recast and our retelling of the movie, these ghosts get more screen time. Uh, so I think she would also be kind of a fun choice as well. Oh, and the movie that I was thinking of, it's called, uh, you probably really don't remember it, but it's called Love's Deadly Triangle, The Texas Cadet Murder. You don't remember that at all? I don't think so. Oh my God, it's crazy. It's such a crazy movie. Okay, I'm going to have to rewatch it because I am obsessed with it. And again, it's based on a true story. But that whole bound woman backstory kind of gives me that tease. So fair enough. Moving on to the withered lover. Obviously, we kind of get most, I mean, I guess out of all the ghosts, she's the one that we really get most um, explanation for in this movie because obviously it's Jean, who is the wife of our male lead, Arthur. Um, Obviously, she died in the home fire well she she didn't die in the fire she suffered some very bad burns and was taken to the hospital after their uh, after their home erupted into flames and she's passing away from her wounds um so yeah jean i don't really think much of her she's like she's obviously not a malevolent spirit um the only one who isn't i would say out of all of them obviously Mm-hmm. So, I mean, she serves her purpose, but I don't really have any feelings towards her. Also, like, I feel kind of bad because, like, she's supposed to be the one spirit that's trying to help her family. And, like, all she does is just, like, go away. Like, do something. <laughs> like, I don't know, like, buck up, girl. Like, take your IV bag and start swinging. Like, this is your right. family. Do you want them to die? They are breaking backs in this basement, sweetie. And you're going to let your family just, like, walk around, like, without trying to do something? Again, Pick that fucking bag up, start fucking tossing it at people's head. Take your little fucking IV pole. Yeah, the pole (laughs) and fucking literally start jamming it into these ghosts' face. Like, do something for your family. But she just goes, Don't come down here. Go upstairs. Stay away. Stay away. And then then what, girl? Then her son gets kidnapped when she's right in front of him. So, like, girl, what are you doing? Do something. Save your family. 
Like, what are you doing? Who would you cast? Tony Collette. Ah, honestly, yes, down. I'm always down for Mark Tony Collette, and I'm on board with that decision. Yeah, hundred percent. She's always the tortured mom. I just want to keep up the <laughs> keep up the theme for her. <laughs> from the sixth sense to hereditary, Tony Collette right. can never stop being a mom. <laughs> from the United States to Tara, she just can't. She's a mom through and through, and we are we're obsessed with her for it. Right. I would love to see Tony Collette in like full burn prosthetic mm-hmm. as well i think she'd be great she i can see her whipping people with her iv bag i can see her fucking screaming right she's the <laughs> the with the mother that we deserve in this movie <laughs> i can see her like when billy uh is that the little boy's name yeah i think so yeah oh no no it's not, uh, that's the firstborn son oh um, um I don't know. I can see the son like just be like, I don't know, like ignoring her, kind of like he was doing in this movie, like just like ignoring her voice. And I can see her just screaming her famous monologue from Hereditary. I am your mother. Get upstairs, you little shit. Uh, I would have lived for that. But instead, she's just like, stay away. Stay. Yeah. So the mom needs, she needs some, she needs some gravitas. She needs some fucking, some she oomph. needs some, some oomph to her. Some Jean fire. Is walking. Uh, oh, Oh. trauma fire. <laughs> <laughs> um, moving on. Jean's boring. Uh, the Torn Prince. <laughs> Royce Clayton. Yes. Born in 1940. Uh, he was a very gifted baseball player in high school. Obviously had a lot of attitude, a lot of sass. He was like destined to be an all-star player. But at the age of 17, he was involved in a drag race with another high school um, individual and ended up crashing and burning inside of his vehicle. So, yeah, the Torn Prince died at such a young age. And, I mean, to piggyback off of what we were saying earlier in our recasting, I would, yeah, I would throw Finn Wolfhard in as the Torn Prince. And you can have Zac Efron, Bear Daddy, Zac Efron. Out there in the wilderness right now, Zac Efron. He's probably climbing <laughs> a tree right now. <laughs> Listen, I think he looks a lot like the original actor. So that's the only reason that I chose him for that. <laughs> I can see Zach Efron. Honestly, if I was in this class house, he'd probably be in the trees watching me with his fucking wilderness ass right now. I could see it. I don't know how I feel about that. Oh, I would come in, join the ass eating party, Zach, please. Oh my God. Uh, human centipede who? Girl, yes, please. Honestly, my God. <laughs> would be honestly it it would just be orgy central honestly That's what <laughs> oh my god for. i'm not coming over oh okay well, I <laughs> you're like don't judge me <laughs> you're like you weren't invited anyways freaking bitch <laughs> uh but if you want to go in like endeavor into like a full back like a full bathhouse scenario that is what my glass home would be it would just be full of sex games and can i come over and like be on the top floor uh, uh, uh. <laughs> oh well we're all in the basement <laughs> i feel like yeah Listen, if i'm having an orgy in a glass home it's a dungeon okay well i no 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 no. if i'm having an orgy in this glass home i want people to see it happening okay well then can <laughs> i have the basement then? yeah you can say you can fucking play dungeons and dragons in the fucking basement baby well that's I'm not fucking what i'm two that's times. not the type of <laughs> Well, double penetration is happening upstairs. Yes, for sure. Listen, the, I'm going to turn. Like a dungeon dragon. <laughs> um, I'm going to set up the basement, like the red room from Fifty Shades of Grey. <laughs> Listen, we're good. And then we could just look up. Honestly, but I wouldn't. I don't Yo, know. You so know what? I imagined me. So steamy. So <laughs> fucking wet. 
So I imagine like getting railed out, right? And I look up and there's just an ass-eating parade above me. <laughs> oh my god, like in SpongeBob where they're spanking each other's ass. I want that <laughs> though, but I want us to be eating each other's asses. Okay, okay, okay. Ah, delicious. <laughs> oh, wow. So steamy. So steamy. Those walls are literally gonna be dripping. The Lord spray on the walls is gonna start fucking sizzling because it's like oh the sin, <laughs> the sin in this home. Oh sin my in God. this house sin it shatters the windows. <laughs> God just strikes us down in that moment. He says, fuck that shit. I, I can see it right now because we're disrespecting him. Honestly, mm. I'm investing into a glass home immediately. Stat. I'm changing my course of action. I'm going okay. to Okay. Well, I'll live in your home. basement. <laughs> in the red room. Yes. I was going to hear whips just going off. <laughs> it's going to be happening. Just come out in full leather. Get out. <laughs> I guess he's still coming out with your cat ears, your cat ear headphones still on, on oh, deck, yeah. always playing mm-hmm. Twitch, getting me in out. I love that for you. <laughs> Honestly. Okay. You know what? Yeah, we have follow our Patreon to fund our glass house. (laughs) We're gonna make a Patreon, yeah, and the proceeds won't even go to the podcast. It's gonna be the same shit quality. Honestly, probably not even Patreon. We probably need to like do an OnlyFans. Can we do a joint account (laughs) slash our OnlyFans? Yeah, yeah, I love that for us. Mm, yeah, <laughs> we we just don't watch each other's videos. We're just oh no, never uploading I to, it. <laughs> I don't want you to touch it. Don't hit play, please. Just scroll past. Right, um, we're okay. just embarrassed of each other. <laughs> oh shit! Oh my gosh. Okay, so let's move on to. I think quite honestly, probably again, probably the most, at least in my side of the woods. Uh, like most constantly posted, talked about, and just mm-hmm. idolized goes the angry and princess. And she is the epitome of a trigger. Like we're talking about suicide. We're talking about body image. Like she, if I've ever seen the embodiment of a trigger, it is the angry princess. Yeah. So Dana Newman was, of course, born incredibly beautiful. Um, she, of course, according to Cyrus's notations, she naturally just looked like a goddess. But for her, unfortunately, she was unable to recognize her own beauty. Her self-esteem was really low. A lot of self-loathing, a lot of self-hatred to herself. Um, Constant work that was being done. Doctors, of course, tried to do everything they can to make her fully see who she was. Um, She had abusive boyfriends, uh, which led her to having breast implants, nose jobs, just a whole bunch of different procedures to keep up an image that she was unable to I guess, be fully happy with. And one night while she was alone in a clinic where she was working, she tried to perform surgery on herself due to an imaginary imperfection on her face. Uh, But this procedure went horribly awry as anybody could imagine. She ended up blinding herself in one eye and she gave up on her beauty. And yeah, trigger warning, committed suicide in her bathtub by slashing herself with a butcher's knife until she bled to death. And she's stunning still i mean as a ghost she's so fucking gorgeous um the sexiest ghost i've ever seen because she is she's so pretty and so haunting as well i mean even with her tragic backstory she just has a very haunting presence to her in this film and she has a great scene as well when she's released um i love uh when um the daughter is in the bathroom obviously and at least the your princess gets that moment to shine where she walks up behind the daughter and she's in the mirror checking herself out and i just love the design of like those bare glass uh 
cubes or whatever the fuck they are. She's mm-hmm. been covered in blood. I'm sorry, sprawled out all over the fucking floor in blood. And she says that constantly. I'm sorry. Um, that's part of her suicide note. Oh. I'm sorry. So I feel bad for her. She's rough. I recasted her with Margot Robbie. Oh, what a great choice. I think that's a really good choice for the Angry Princess for sure. And Margot Robbie and uh, Samara Reed look alike. Oh, so, yeah, they do. So, yeah, we'll stick with Storm Reed then for the bound, <laughs> for the bound woman, because I don't want. I don't want two white women looking the same, so we'll move on. Right. Um, okay. But yeah, the Angry Princess is stunning. She, of course, again, has a great little moment in this movie. Um, she walks around a whole bunch. Um, obviously, early 2000s, we're going to get a lot of the naked woman anyway, so they're just showing her up, down, side to side. But we love her. We love it. She's stunning. She's gorgeous. And yeah. Well, and she causes the lawyer's death, the infamous slice straight down the middle. So <laughs> she does lead to that death. So she plays a hand in probably one of the best, if not the best, death in the movie. So love that for it. And that death gives us two funny puns from uh, Maggie. So yeah, <laughs> iconic, legendary. Uh, but yeah, she's great and she's stunning. And if I had the confidence, I would, I would cosplay the angry princess. I would go buy a <laughs> breastplate and just make myself look so stunning. Um, maybe one day, actually, Halloween this year. Let me get to the gym. Okay. I will play. I'll be the great child. Just <laughs> <laughs> uh, Okay. I'll be the dire mother. Girl. Let's fucking go for it. Okay. Sounds good. <laughs> um, let's move on to the pilgrimess. Um, she literally gets nothing in this movie. Gives us nothing. Just... <laughs> Gives us nothing. We get nothing. She is nothing. Nothing. Like literally, she walks around with her head in the fucking what is that called? Um, the guillotine. The guillotine. Yeah, the guillotine well, the guillotine is the thing that cuts them. But you know, the oh stocks. yeah, you're right. Uh, yes, 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 yes. Um, but yeah, the pilgrimage during colonial times is about Smith. Uh, she sailed across the Atlantic Ocean to New England, a colonizer. <laughs> just kidding, just kidding. But in search of a better life. Um, obviously, the townsfolk, I guess, didn't trust outsiders. Obviously, 1600s, we're talking witches here. Um, the livestock started to die. They accused her of witchcraft. They burned her in a barn, but she kind of walked out. And so they just ended up like stoning her to death anyways. So I don't know how she ended up in that stock, but she sure did. Um, so in my, the one, when I watched it, the movie thing, and said that she was sentenced to the stocks. Oh, and that's where they stoned her, perhaps. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because yeah. a lot of my research as well, it was, just, it was describing that people were, like, spitting at her and stoning her. So. Yeah. Yeah, but again, gives us literally nothing in this movie. Like, she is, again, like the torso, she only pops up for, like, a split second. Maybe twice, I think she maybe shows up twice. Mm-hmm. But yeah, nothing, literally nothing. So who would you cast as the pilgrimess? Helena Bonham Carter. Oh, fun. I actually don't hate that. I don't know why I was thinking like Melissa McCarthy. <laughs> okay. I don't know Maybe. why. I just I just thought Melissa McCarthy. I don't know. Okay. Uh, but I like Helena. Yeah, I like Helena much better. She's fantastic and everything. So, or like maybe like a Bette Midler moment, like. Yeah, maybe somebody um, iconic, legendary. Give her something. Give her something more to work with. Fucking throw yeah. Meryl Streep. Just give us a moment. <laughs> I'm imagining like Winifred, like in the stocks. <laughs> Honestly, you know what? Fucking um, throw in Octavia Spencer. There you go. Let's fucking bring it. She can bring them. <laughs> we have to talk about Maul sometime soon because, um, again, our like, first clubhouse watch. <laughs> <laughs> Honestly, so down because that movie is so funny, and like the more that I like. Uh, I haven't rewatched it since theaters, but like it, the clips pop up constantly and it just makes me laugh. Octavia Spencer can make the jogging scene. 
uh, still iconic. <laughs> Literally so iconic. When I tell you the movie, bitch. the movie theater erupted and started just fucking howling. Or when she's in the fucking salon and curses out that old lady that's next to her. <laughs> <laughs> Ma's iconic. Literally iconic. Um, but yeah, uh, throw Octavia Spencer in as the pilgrim mask and give her something to do. Uh, let's move on to the great child and the dire mother. So their backstories are kind of, of course, like they coincide with one another and they're pretty insane. Um, so the great child and the dire mother are the ghosts of Margaret and Harold Shelburne. Um, Margaret was an attraction in a carnival. She was only three feet tall. Um, and she was actually trigger warning raped by the tall man, which is another carnival freak, um, which ends up, uh, with the great child being a result of that rape. And he eventually weighed over 300 pounds. He is spoiled. Um, and is essentially just a giant child to the point where he's wearing diapers his entire life. Um, one day, one of the carnival employees decide to play what they claim to be a practical joke on Harold and they kidnap his mother. And he's obviously super pissed. And unfortunately, after he catches the culprits, he finds out that his mother had accidentally suffocated in the bag that they gave. They were keeping her in. So Harold kills the cap- kidnappers and like displays them for like the paying customers, like as part of the carnival, which is fucking wild. And then um, eventually, when the owner of the carnival finds out what Harold's done, he orders a mob of people to tear Harold apart. But there's also um, an alternate version, which I kind of like a little bit better um, in the DVD commentary. And it says that their deaths were caused by the great child rolling over onto his mom while he was asleep and like suffocating her. And then he starves to death because his mom like literally had to feed him. And I prefer that one. Yeah, I remember that one as a kid. Um, so that's why I might I remember in researching uh for the episode and like oh, like mm-hmm. the one that you broke down before that i was like i don't remember that thing. i remember him suffocating his mom yeah um, which i think is funny because i mean i think a lot of fear for a lot of parents too with like a small infants or in bed with them i mean that's yeah. the thing is where you roll over in the middle of the night and you can you know you can suffocate your baby so i kind of like that switcheroo switch with, yeah mm-hmm. with a big child suffocating the mom but she dies by suffocation either way yeah and they don't do much in the movie either they, sh- they no. do show them a lot i think it's because visually i mean it's a big baby so i think they just wanted to kind of throw him on screen as much as they could but yeah they don't get so weird of anything either i don't really care for either of their characters he's scary yeah like, uh the big big papa from uh the conjuring uh he's just really really big really scary i don't even know who you would cast in this role uh yeah that's one of the ones that i wasn't able to find Whoever played the big papa in the country. There you go. Right. But I chose the dire mother as Giotti Kisanji um, from uh, Freak Show. Oh, okay. American Horror okay. Story. The the really tiny girl. And I, I mean, unfortunately, like I chose a very white cast and that's a personality flaw. <laughs> <laughs> I added I'll a little bit it. of culture with it. <laughs> Don't worry. I'm here to. Thanks for keeping me in line. Shape. <laughs> <laughs> I will say that, like, I have a panic attack, didn't know what to do. I, like, I could never be cast and director. Oh, me either. 
because I was like, girl, I mean, but I guess like unlike Hollywood, I was immediately like, I want people of color in every fucking role. Yeah. So I was trying, especially when it came down to the family, it was so hard. And I just I gave up on them because whatever, they're boring anyways. <laughs> but it was so hard. Like immediately I was like, I was like, I want to make sure they all it all makes sense. I'm gonna put Tati Gabriel from uh the Chilling uh, Adventures of Sabrina on here because I love Prudence. I want her to uh take over Shannon Elizabeth's character, but she's uh african-american korean so then i was like okay well then i need an african-american mother um a korean father and i was just like going off and trying to make spiraling things, yeah make sense and i guess like i wasn't trying to be fucking hollywood uh but yeah the struggle was real casting's hard i don't know how, i mean yeah. kudos to casting directors i mean do better still give us more diversity do better, but but. <laughs> but i understand the difficulty is there yeah do you want to move on to the hammer the hammer okay go ahead start me um, the hammer is the ghost of a black blacksmith, George Markley, who lived in a small town in the 1890s, probably. Um, he was wrongfully accused of stealing. Uh, oh, he was wrongfully accused of stealing by a white man in the town mm. and then um, like refused to leave town. So a gang led by the accuser hung George Markley's wife and children and burned their bodies. So in revenge, George used his sledgehammer to beat the culprits to get to death. Um, then he's subjected to like pretty much like frontier justice and he's chained to a tree and executed by having railroad spikes driven into his body by his own sledgehammer. Um, and then like as a final fuck you, they cut off his hand and attached the sledgehammer like handle and all to the hand that was cut off. So he has, I feel like he is the worst backstory, like the most tragic backstory to me. Yeah, very tragic. You know, racism is running rampant. Mm -hmm. Um, In recasting, though, I feel like Winston Duke would be a great choice. That's what I chose, too. Yeah, I love Love. Winston Duke. He's amazing. He's hilarious. Mm -hmm. And he's just so beefy and delicious. So Uh, beefy. (laughs) So, yeah, full down. That's who I would put in the role of the hammer. I was thinking maybe Terry Crews, but... Mm, yeah i could see that too he's so big yeah he's also very beefy very beefy but yeah i love winston duke so i feel like i could i feel like terry cruz could be tit fucked and i feel insecure Uh, about that uh, 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 (laughs) uh. don't act shocked when we just got talked we just talked about building a dungeon and fucking ass-eating lines you're right you're right you're right you're right you're right 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 but uh, anyways <laughs> i just don't see carrie cruz in that manner for some reason i don't know why i just feel like he could he probably has bigger tits than me oh his tits are humongous honestly uh, yeah. smother me shook <laughs> me daddy um let's get on to probably one of the scariest ghosts the jackal um so real quick before we describe him um whenever i talked about being terrified of this movie it was the jackal don't blame me at all. He scared the fuck out of me. So, so the jackal is the ghost of Ryan Coon. Um, he was born to a prostitute in the 1887s. Um, he ends up with an insatiable lust for women, rape, and murdering prostitutes. So, the worst kind of man, obviously. Um, wants to be cured. He commits himself to an asylum, but after attacking a nurse, they put him in a straitjacket and throw him in a padded a padded room. Um, after years of being stuck in there, he goes completely insane, which makes my skin crawl because he's scratching at the walls so violently that the his fingernails are just gone. 
Um, they keep him permanently bound in this straitjacket and keep it keep tying it tighter and tighter when he acts out. So it bought, causes his body to just contort. And then so they st- he still fought to free himself, like nod through the jacket. And then the doctors eventually lock his head in a metal cage and like throw him in a basement cell. Um, and he continues to go more and more mad because um, he's obviously not Same. well. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> he like ends up hating any time of human contact and is like screaming at them. And then a fire breaks out at the asylum and everybody but Ryan escapes. He stays behind and faces the fire. Um, and yeah, that's how he dies. Um, it shows like whenever he's a ghost, it shows that his arms are free. And the bars of his cage are, like, ripped forward. So, I mean, I guess that says that he might have escaped his bindings again before mm-hmm. the fire started. But I don't know. He's terrifying. So scary. His design is so scary. I mean, the metal cage is, quite honestly, I think a brilliant design choice. Because he it's visually striking, but also terrifying. Right. Yeah, he's so scary. So scary. I feel bad for uh, Shannon Elizabeth's character when she gets like dragged around like that and she's cut up. <laughs> right. I hate, I hate it. Like scratches on her face, like always make me like wince in pain for her. So yeah, I hate him. He's so terrifying. And like you said, yeah, like he's probably the scariest ghost in this movie for sure. That's whenever I thought about this, like in passing, that was definitely the main character that I thought about whenever I was younger. Yeah, he was always the one that even my family like would joke about. Like he was the, he was the scariest one. Uh, so like mm-hmm. anytime like we would like after watching the movie or something like if we we're trying to scare each other the rest of the night, be like trying to imitate the jackal or something because he's so scary, so scary, so quick and just creepy looking. And his backstory makes him even more terrifying than he already is in the movie. So again, just give us something because if I would have known that growing up, I would have. I would have been more Far terrified. more scared, right. Mm-hmm. For sure. I don't even know who we would cast as the jackal. I chose Bill Skarsgård. Okay, you know what? Yeah, let's roll with it. Oh, God, he's so fucking God, he's invited to the orgy down. Okay. Full Pennywise he needs yeah. to, hopefully he, his orientation allows him to play both. He can go upstairs. He can run up and down the stairs, honestly. Hopefully his dick's long enough where he can just be doing double duty. Oh my god! <laughs> I'm trying to be subtle, so. But that's my. Uh, uh, you know what? what and we wonder why we usual. get called raunchy. <laughs> <laughs> it's extra H word hours. Yeah, girl, we're, we're we're recording a little bit later today, everybody. So excuse me if I'm just you know. A mess. Thinking about sex. <laughs> <laughs> Alright, well, we need to wrap this up because Adrian has things to do. No, okay, let's kidding. move on to the Juggernaut. <laughs> <laughs> it's been done uh, for today, so let's move on. Uh, the Juggernaut. Um, so Horace was abandoned by his mother almost immediately after his birth and was raised by his father. As a child, Horace grew to such a grotesque height and appearance that he was constantly ostracized, made fun of, picked on, uh, just 
because he looked funny, I guess. Um, eventually, he was put to work at a junkyard. He was chopping, crushing up old vehicles. When the owner of the junkyard died, Horace was left alone and at this point pretty much went psychotic. Uh, with no one to help him through his life, he went insane. He became a serial killer. He'd pick up hitchhikers and stranded motorists, take them back to the young, uh to the junkyard where he would rip them apart with his bare hands, feed the remains to his dogs, and he would earn the nickname The Breaker. Um, his seventh to be victim, though, turned out to be an undercover police officer. And of course, they brought the SWAT team with them. They surrounded Horace. They tried to lock him down. He's able to break free of his handcuffs. He ended up killing three police officers still. And at that point, he had to be gunned down by the SWAT officers. So, yeah. He's also pretty terrifying. I don't think he looks scary in this movie. I don't think the Juggernaut really makes me, like, scared. But his character... He looks like a zombie. He does just look like a basic-ass zombie. He just looks like they literally just threw some gray paint on him and said, get out there and slap them on the ass. Because <laughs> he just looks so basic. But right. his backstory makes him more terrifying. And he's the only ghost that we really, I guess, get more time with because of the opening scene. Um, and it comes as very threatening in that opening scene as well. So, um, so I couldn't think of anybody super tall, um, but in the face, the juggernaut reminds me of Steve Buscemi. <laughs> so that's who I'm recasting. <laughs> <laughs> I couldn't think of anybody either, so I gave up on him because I really don't know who. I don't know who's tall enough as an actor to play the juggernaut. I can't think of anybody. I really can't. Maybe, I mean, I guess maybe with camera tricks and stuff, they can try to get something going, but I really can't think of an actor. And then I did recast Arthur Dennis and Kalina. Oh, did you? Yeah. I want Matthew Lillard to come back as Arthur. I would just have kept him as Dennis. That was my initial casting. I was going to keep him as Dennis. Yeah. I was thinking Dennis? Daniel Kaluuya. But oh, as, I would love that. Yeah. And then as Kalina, I want Vera <laughs> Please, yes, just yes. in everything. She's amazing. She's given so much to us, and I want her in just everything. You're right. I think that's a great choice for uh or even honestly, she could even be no, yeah, I want Tony Collette to be the withered lover. Okay, yeah, we'll keep it like that. Or I guess we can switch it up and now because Vera Farmiga also plays like a mom and things as well. So. Yeah. Okay, I love that casting. I think it's great. I didn't cast the family at all because I stressed way too much. So <laughs> I just feel like having Matthew Lillard come back as like a different character. Just kiss. Yeah. I agree. A love letter to the original remake. Because this is a remake. <laughs> a remake, yeah, already. Did you watch the original, the 1960 film? Mm-mm. The Dark Castle, uh, the William Castle film. No, no, I haven't. Um, I did. It's quite honestly, uh, I enjoy it tremendously. And if you think this one is campy and over the top, that movie is so funny to me. Uh, the mom in that movie is, I don't know, she's comedy gold to me. Everything that she says and does is so funny. And at the very beginning of the movie, they're also in financial ruin. And uh, like, it's like a fucking, you know, those shots where it's just like a line down the middle of the screen and it's two people on the phone. Right. Uh, well, um, the dad's, of course, uh, his, he's like a professor, I think, or he like teaches at a museum or something. But while he's there talking to her, she's like in their home and the movers are taking stuff from them. And they're just like taking everything out of their home. And she's just there like freaking out on the phone, just being so funny. Um, I really enjoy 
the original. Um, obviously, I think it kind of flows, obviously, a lot better than this one does for certain. But again, this movie, although is flawed, I feel like from beginning to finish, it's fun. It really is a good time. Um, it's Steve Beck's directorial debut. And honestly, you can tell. Yeah, for sure. Um, There's a lot of ideas that were thrown at the screen or thrown into the movie that just didn't really There was build. a lot there, but they also gave us nothing. Yeah. A beautiful uh, design for the home. Mm-hmm. Uh, beautiful design for the ghosts. Um, the story that was put together was well thought out. It's very deep. It's very in-depth. But again, like they don't take any of the runtime to explain any of that thoroughly right. to us. They have Kalina come in like out of nowhere, like legitimately, like even Arthur's like, how the fuck did you get in here? Because she's she pops up at the beginning screaming at Cyrus for I mean, at that point, we don't even know what the fuck's happening. She's just screaming at him. And then we get a scene of her, like, in her fucking crazy-ass room with all her fucking newspapers on the wall. So you know she's devoted to this. And then she just pops up, like, 40 minutes later, like, fucking throwing flares like a bad bitch. And then she like gives us, like, the rundown. She literally tells us everything that we need to know. Like, she comes in as an exposition machine. I hate when they do that. Um, and then she ends up also being dirty and, like, loving Cyrus and, like, what were they doing with her character? Like, I have no it, idea. She's so mess. useless. So useless. So useless as a character. She does nothing. Go, girl. Give us nothing. This movie um, actually made Egbert's, like, list of his most hated movies. Yeah, I and saw that And that well. makes me so sad. Um, like, I, I understand where the negative reviews come from, but... I don't know. I just think it's a fun B movie. And unfortunately it lost money. Like if you account for like marketing and advertising, which is rough, but I don't know, even though it's a financial disappointment, I enjoy it. Well, I feel bad because I mean, with Dark Castle Entertainment, which I loved as a kid, I loved Dark Castle Entertainment films. I mean, obviously, I mean, their initial intention was to remake a lot of the William Castle horror movies that were released, obviously, many years ago. Um, But it sucks like like, this one was a financial failure. And then Ghost Ship was also a critical financial failure as well, like back to back. I do think out of the two, I enjoy Ghost Ship a little bit more than 13 Ghosts. Um, Uh, The scene with the wire wire at the beginning scene it's iconic ridiculous i love it but like holy fuck i used i used to love ghost ship growing up so i don't know why (laughs) i was so scared of this movie but it's so good it literally is so good but yeah this movie is utterly insane i mean if we're looking at deaths in the movie as well the only other one that we really get um, well, we have a few. Kalina gets fucking squished to death, so that's good fun. as she should. Fucking as dirty bitch. <laughs> Again, look, she's oh my god, so useless as a character. Matthew, um, Matthew is so sad. My Very sad. The love of my life, the light of my life, just gets fucking his back literally blown out. <laughs> just literally getting tag team, right? <laughs> He's getting tag team in this class house like I'm aiming to do, but he is in a much worse situation than I right, am right, intending right, to be right, in. Right. Um, so I feel so bad for him. I will say, though, in the scene, because he makes me laugh, because um, he's, like, so, like, spastic. Obviously, poor baby, like, it's just in full panic. He's going constantly. through a lot. <laughs> constantly. But uh, it makes me laugh because um, 
when the doors are closed and obviously uh, Arthur's trying to get out of the house and he's just casually sitting there, all calm, holding his pills. So we know that he's taking his pills and he's like, y'all need to breathe. Y'all need to chill. <laughs> it's so funny. And he- The most Scooby moment. The or most, shaggy. The most shaggy moment. But his eyes are just so piercing in that scene and just- <sighs> So, <hot. laughs> so The hot, fact girl. that the- the everybody splits up so much in this house annoys me it gives me scooby-doo vibes where like they're all coming out of like different doors while the monster chases them girl they're in the basement and arthur goes walk down the hall and come back down and they they fucking start just they're gone turning corners left right left right left right and like you're supposed to walk down the hall and just come back in five minutes on top of not all of you have glasses so you're gonna walk around in this ghost filled basement without glasses without an even distribute uh I can't say the word. Distribution of classes. Like, what the fuck is happening? Also, I would be so discombobulated in this house. I know for a fact I would full speed run straight into a glass wall. (laughs) Nonstop, Uh, dude. Right. I really would. And the wall would probably fucking burn me too with the Lord's Prayer on it and shit in Latin. (laughs) I would surely be fucking, I'd be fucking. Not you being a demon. Literally backbend. (laughs) I would just fucking. (laughs) I'd be floating. My feet wouldn't even want to touch the ground. I'd... Wait, yeah. Oh, never mind. It's just a barrier. I was like, how are these demons or how are these ghosts walking on the fucking prayer? But again, it's just a barrier for them. So. Right. The door's open and they're fine. Uh, but that's really it. That's literally, I mean, it's crazy. We didn't talk too much of the plot because that's really all that happened. That's the ghosts. Those are the plot. Like literally, that's all that happened. The junkyard scene in the opening. We see the family inherit the home. They go to the home. They walk around. Unleash the ghosts. Matthew Lillard screams about ghosts. Everybody just starts to freak out because ghosts. We used to trap ghosts together. Goats? Ghosts! <laughs> I feel like I love that shit. Honestly, very funny, yeah. And then that's that's it. A lot of walking around. Like, we're just following them, walking around this house. And then it's a glass house. And it's just like, I, I, I don't know. Like, that's really all the movie is. Kalina pops up and then tells us about the book. And then they walk around some more. And then, you know, Cyrus's ghost come back. The little spinny thing has the children strapped. And I don't know how those gears work. Like, what the fuck is happening there? Like, it doesn't even look like it. They don't have to make sense. (laughs) Yeah, clearly not. By the power of ghosts, they work. Yeah, and then, you know, power of love wins in the end. And, you know, happy ending for everybody. And Except Matthew Lillard. Except for Matthew Lillard. But whatever, he would go on to fucking start in the next in Scooby Doo in the two Scooby Doo movies, like immediately following me this. So mm, as he should, icon. He's an icon, icon, icon. Um, but yeah, that's really it. Like this movie, really, like nothing happens. Again, I mean, the ghosts are great, but that's it for What's me your personally. Rating? Um, two stars for the ghosts only. I'd say three, two and a half to three. Because I, I would be down to watch this again anytime. That's the only reason I'm giving it two stars. I was going to give it one, but it's one of those like bad movies that like I'll watch it again because it's kind of funny still. Like Matthew Litter really is a joy to watch. And Rodick is also very much a joy to watch. And the ghosts, although I can't like focus on blinking when they're on the screen because it's flashing so frequently for between them being there and not being there. But they're still really fun, and there's still some fun set pieces. The house is still really kind of gorgeous to look at still. Um, but I might just watch it on mute next time because I can't. The sound design is so bad. It really is. It's so bad in this movie. It's rough. It's like I can't understand anything that's happening. So would we recommend? 
Um, oh, that's kind of tough. Damn. Mm. I would give a disclaimer, like uh it's just bad. Be, yeah. <laughs> yes. It's not good. Um, it really isn't. I feel bad, and I feel like this is the first movie really like wholeheartedly where I'm like, it's just not good. Um but per usual, I mean, I find enjoyment in it. There's a lot of nostalgia attached to this movie. So I don't think I can ever like fully hate it because again, there's just so much nostalgia. If it came out today and I watched it, I would probably never even bother to even like give it any fucking light of day again in my home. But there is so much nostalgia attached to it that I can't help. And Matthew Lillard's and I can't help like not want to go back and watch it again sometime. But yeah, I would probably disclaim before or set a disclaimer before anybody watches it like it's bad but if you enjoy cool ghosts and Matthew Lillard, Matthew Lillard <laughs> and his gorgeous blue eyes then have a ball agreed um we have one more week of my birthday month and also pride so and then we have the birth I think we have I feel like we have the perfect movie to close out pride month um, and also your birthday month. I'm really high. I mean, does this movie come out? Does this episode come out for my birthday? Yes, this comes out next Friday. So Happy birthday to me! Yeah, this is Stormy's <laughs> birthday week episode. Fun. I, I think, think it literally comes time. out on my birthday. Happy birthday to me! <laughs> Happy birthday! I'm so me. old. Happy birthday. Okay, Marilyn. Miss. Storm me. I don't Happy want to get my brains burned out though. To you oh. and many more on Channel Four. A big fat lady on Channel Eighty. Scooby Doo on Channel Two. Me and you got shit to do. Oh. <laughs> In my orgy house. <laughs> oh my god! Hey baby, hey baby, hey. Listen, yeah. Obviously, 13 Ghosts was uh, very fun to talk about, really, because it's fun ghosts, and I like talking about bad movies sometimes. Maybe we should do it more frequently, because it, it's, it's very enjoyable, I would say. Yeah. I had fun. Me too. Very different from The Hills Have Eyes, because I feel like we just, like, <laughs> didn't care. So tragic. <laughs> so rough. We were like, mm. We were both so mentally drained by watching that movie that by the time we talked about it, we're like, you know what? <laughs> I will tell you the thing what sucks is the Hills of Eyes, and it's not it's a it's a good movie. It really is a good movie. Like I enjoy it. Um, it is a lot to sit through, but I think it really does suck because we I literally or we both watched The Conjuring beforehand, and The Conjuring was just like such a big thing last week when we recorded that like a lot of my excitement and like like was with lot, The Conjuring was with with The Conjuring, um, right? But we gave it our all with the Hills of Eyes. It's still a really good movie. Maybe we can. <laughs> go back and try to do it justice again and maybe we'll do a re we'll do a watch on club <laughs> <laughs> yeah we'll just discuss it on clubhouse with people. <laughs> um but yeah pretty much that's it so stormy anything else nope you can find us on twitter and instagram at the same handle at slash her underscore what oh wow at slash, <laughs> at slash shots, underscore apparently. her underscore pod you can find us on apple podcast google podcast pod bean and spotify please give us a rating or a review if you can um stay spooky guys love you so much bye bye